We're in week three of a series called Kingdom Culture and uh, excited about this series and, and talking about the kingdom of God. 2021, our word this year is kingdom. Every year we have a word. Last year it was forward. This year it's kingdom. And I was praying this last year about God, what do you want me to speak to your church? What do you want me to share with your people? And I came across the passage, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. And it's a passage that says, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. And I just thought, man, isn't that what we need is the body of Christ? I don't know about you. I don't know what the future holds. And I had no idea what 2020 was going to hold. I had a little bit of different expectation. You know, we were moving forward, and we did. Look, we bought the building. You saw the update. I want you to know the building appraised for everything we needed it to appraise for. Construction starts February 1st. What? So look, God, thank you, Sharonda. Sharonda stood up. I know somebody at home. You stood up, too. I know. We're excited. You know, so it, we, we were moving forward. And you know, one of the most things, the, the thing that I'm the most excited about is we're going to have a first class children's environments for all of our babies. I have to tell you, Pastor Phyllis is doing an amazing job. She has been working hard on, I, I'm going to show you pictures in the next couple of weeks, but you know, due to Code Red, the, the fact that we're in Code Red in Fort Bend County, we just have child, uh, you know, children's church up until uh, toddlers. And so they've shut down access to the other side of the building, but guess what? In six months, you ain't shutting it down, baby. We're going to have full-blown children's ministry. And so last year, look, God did move us forward. But how many know forward did not look like the forward we thought? It came a little bit differently. And I felt the Lord just speak to me that if you will teach my people how to receive my kingdom, they will be just as unshakable. And so this year, I just, I'm going to teach kingdom, kingdom culture, kingdom mentality, kingdom power, kingdom life. And, and as we get the kingdom of God on the inside of us, I know the more you have it on the inside, the less you'll be shaken on the outside. And as a church, we've got to be people that are not moved by what happens in society, what happens in the economy, what happens in the election. Yes, we want to partake. Yes, we want to be a part. Yes, we want to see change. But regardless, we serve a God who has never lost control. And if we will receive the fullness of his kingdom, we will walk in the fullness of his power. Amen. Amen. Now, I have a question. How many of you in here, anybody need to receive more of God's power Amen. in your life. Anybody? Well, well, you're in the right place because today that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about activating God's power in your life. How do you activate it? How do you activate it? Like, like I know I'm born again. I know God touched me and I've been saved. But have you ever felt like I'm not sure I'm walking in the fullness of God's power for me? Like, I, I, I see other people, but it just doesn't seem like it's the same in my life. Well, today I'm going to talk about that. Now, before I do, I want to review a little bit of what we have been learning over the last couple of weeks in this Kingdom Culture series. And the main premise of Kingdom Culture is 
where the kingdom of God is within me in such a great way that it impacts the world around me. So the kingdom of God within me, come on, impacting the world around me. Look, you can't give what you don't have. There's a lot of empty Christians going out trying to give the power of God, but they don't have the power of God. They're trying to give the love of God, but they don't have the love of God fulfilled up on the inside and joy and hope and all the things that God fills us with. And so we walk around just as empty uh, vessels. And that's why many Christians get burned out because people are constantly making a demand. I thought you're a Christian. I need you. You need to be more loving. You need to be more kind. You need to be this. And, And after a while, you're just like, well, there's nothing left. Well, because you didn't fill up. Then fill up kingdom culture, kingdom of God within me, impacting the world around me. So it ought to impact what you say. It ought to impact what you do. It ought to impact how you respond on Facebook and Instagram. And listen, you ain't got to tell everybody everything you think. Come on. It's not about your opinion. It's about God's opinion. So whose kingdom are you full of, yours or God's? So it ought to impact every area. And we had some homework. Anybody remember the homework? We're we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. Today is day 15. And so I hope you have been staying with us. And uh, man, we're we're fasting food. What kind of food? All food. Well, how long? 21 days. Well, so, so what does that mean? Some of you have done a partial fast. You're, you're, you're giving up a meal a day. Some are giving up a couple of days in a row. Some are giving up all 21 days. But the reality is we're giving those things up. We're focusing on God. And we said, look, over the last seven days, we were going to do something. We were going to pray the Lord's Prayer. Found in Luke chapter 11, verse 2. And we were going to pray this prayer because we are asking God to help us focus on his kingdom. So the prayer is our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, come on, say it. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we've been praying, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. So think about this. God, I'm asking for. Your kingdom to come on earth. Well, what does that mean? That's, that's my life. That's my family. That's my marriage. That's my church. That's, that's my community. That's this nation. That's the world. God, every area of my life that I get to impact, Lord, I'm asking you, would you bring heaven to earth? God, would you allow it to impact the world around me? So we've been thinking about what is the kingdom of God, because that's the question we got to ask. Kingdom, kingdom. What's the kingdom of God? What does it mean? Like what, your kingdom come. Well, what, a basic way to say it is just simply kingdom means God's way of living. Just, just God's way of living in my life. God's way of living in my marriage. God's way of living in my family, in my my community, in this nation, and in this world. God, we're asking for your way of life to come from heaven to earth. So God's values, God's beliefs, heaven's culture. I mean, every society has a culture. When you you see people from a certain country, there's a culture that they bring with them. Americans, if you don't believe it, just go to a third world country. They'll spot you. 
so quickly. Oh, you must be American. They say it all the time. You must be American. Why? Because there's a culture that comes from living in America. Well, there ought to be a culture in your life that comes from being a citizen of heaven. There ought to be a culture where it's like, oh, you're other. You, you don't think like us. You don't act like us. You don't talk like us. There's something different about you. Why? Because heaven's culture has been deposited in your life. Just to review, just some things we've been talking about, some ideas that we should be embracing inside of us. Now, when we talk kingdom, a lot of people don't understand kingdom. So we've got to understand that a kingdom has four things. Not only does God's kingdom, but every kingdom. Every kingdom has a king. Every kingdom has a government. Every kingdom has a territory, and every kingdom has citizens. And the thing that we know about God's kingdom, and we read the Bible, we should read the Bible, And we see it all the time. In fact, 162 times the New Testament says kingdom. Most of the time, it's Jesus talking about kingdom. Why? Because he was trying to reveal heaven to earth. And he's talking about the kingdom of God. And what we find that's perplexing for most people is that most kingdoms you can look at and see their territory. You can look at it and see that there's a castle that holds the king where they live. There's a throne. There's something tangible. Like like there's something that you can see with your natural eye. The thing that's unique about the kingdom of God is that you can't see it with your natural eye. Like you're not going to walk up and say, oh, there's the throne of Jesus, our king. Oh, that's the walls of the castle that he lives in. Or that's the walls that border his territory. That's not how the kingdom of God operates. And Jesus... Jesus addressed this misconception even while he was here talking to the religious in Luke chapter 17. It was a common misconception because the people heard Jesus saying, hey, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. They're like, what kingdom? Like, we don't see a kingdom. Like, what? No, 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 it's not an earthly kingdom. Look at what he says in verse 20. He says, now when he was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, He answered them and said, look, the kingdom of God does not come by observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is, everybody say that word, within. Where's it within? It's within me. Think about that, that the kingdom of God, it's not out there, but the kingdom of God is actually in here. When you begin to be a born-again Christian, when you are saved, when you confess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, there's an amazing thing that happens. All of the kingdom of God now is deposited inside of you. It's not something out there. It's not something that you go to visit. It's an experience that you actually live. And the reason this is important as a believer for us to understand is because if the kingdom of God is in here, that means the power of God is in here. And the problem in people's lives who do not live victoriously on this earth, now victoriously does not mean easy. Last year was not easy, but we were victorious. So it's not just this easy life, but it's a victorious life. It's a significant life. It's a life of impact. The reason that people don't live that way is because they don't access 
and activate the power that is already within their life. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. It says, the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's not a lot of hot air. It's not just words that we say. But listen, look, look it says, it's living by God's power. Wow. I mean, think about it. It's not just lip service. It's like there ought to be a demonstration of the kingdom of God that's within us. And maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's great. I'm a Christian. I was born again. I've had that experience. And you know what? I'm still struggling in my job. I'm struggling in my marriage. Or maybe you're here and you're just like, man, I'm struggling in my finances. Like I hear you talk about the kingdom of God and the blessing of God. But Pastor, I am str 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 struggling. Come on, somebody. How I many you know you, anybody ever struggled? You're like, oh, I want you to know that whatever area of your life you're struggling in, the power of God is available to you today, right now, that you don't have to keep struggling on your own and in your own strength. I mean, it's like this. If you were to buy a brand new house and I don't know if you've ever bought a house or maybe you're moving into a new house and. I mean, when you buy it, there's no power that's hooked up to it. You actually have to call the, the power company. And nowadays, you just go online and you do some research. And I mean, you check in the rates and you simply just fill out the application. It's all done. Boom, it sends off and says, we will connect the power. And they give you a date and they connect the power. And then you get ready, you go move in, you're like, praise God, this is awesome. I'm super excited about my house. And, and you walk into the house, the power's been connected. But you walk in and you're like, hey, it's a little dark in here. There's, there's no lights. I, I, I can't see. Well, guess what? Even though the power's hooked up to the house, you still have to go into each room and you have to turn on the power. You have to activate the switch, which then illuminates that room. I think that's a great example of many of us as Christians. When you were born again, you got connected to the power of God, the source of the power, and here you are now in your life. God's power is connected to you, but you didn't realize, look, just because it's connected, I still gotta go turn it on. I still got to go activate it. Well, doesn't it just come in through the whole house? Absolutely. But you know what? You got to activate the power of God in your marriage. You got to activate the power of God in your finances. You got to activate the power of God in your relationships and in every area of your life. It doesn't just arbitrarily happen. It's not just some flipping, woo, woo, woo. If it was like that, everybody would walk in the power. No, you actually have to do something. You actually have to go in and say, okay, how do I turn on your power in my life? And I came today to give you a word to help you. It is simple, but it ain't easy. How do you do it, pastor? How do I activate the power of God? There's two things, surrender and obedience. That's, that's it. That's it. That's the whole message. How do you activate the power of God in your life? You have to surrender and you have to obey. Okay, so let's talk about it. I didn't get too many amens right there. That's all right, does all right. 
You have to decide, do I really want to activate the power? Do I want to keep my life in darkness? Because the power is already connected to you. So the first thing, what do you mean surrender? Pastor, surrender every area of your life to the lordship of Jesus Christ. You got to surrender every area of your life to the lordship of Jesus Christ. What do you mean, Pastor? It means you got to surrender the control. See, you can have the power of God moving in your finances, but not experience the power of God in your marriage. Why? Because you knew how to tithe. Maybe you grew up in church. You're like, man, I know how to tithe. That's non-negotiable. It's like, man, we just tithe. I was was raised in church. But this marriage thing, you mean I got to love my wife unconditionally or I got to submit to my husband? Like, God, I, I don't know about all that. So that's where we get a little frustrated, right? That's the frustrating part about Christianity. It's like, God, I see you working here, but why aren't you working here? Well, I promise you, if he's not working there, it's probably at the foundation a lack of surrender. Like, God, I'll give you this, but I'm not giving you that. Come on, somebody. We like to pick and choose like a Christianity a la carte. I'll take that. I'll do that. No, no, I didn't like that. You just hush up, pastor. Don't say nothing. Somebody got on to me about talking about money uh, a couple of years ago. And, you know, as a young pastor, I say young, 40, I'll be 44 this month. Isn't that right, Steve? We're 44? My God, 44 never looks so good. My twin brother. Come on, pastor Steve. I forgot what I was saying. You distracted me. You're so handsome. My God, what was I saying? It was really good. I was going off, but you distracted me. Oh, money, 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 money. Oh, they got frustrated about money. And I just made a decision. I'm going to preach the whole counsel of the word of God. You know why you're frustrated? Because you got hurt somewhere in the past and you've given God every area but that area and you get mad when someone meddles in that area. But the truth is you're never going to experience victory until you listen to the word of God, the truth of God, and then surrender your life to that part of God. I believe with all of my heart that God moves where we surrender. It's like, God, I've got to surrender this. There's really three wills in this world and three wills in your life, right? There's your will, there's God's will, and there's Satan's will. The question is, whose will is winning? So I will, I I will. No, I'm not. And then you can typically see it in like Legacy Sunday. We do it every year, and it's the craziest thing. We're going to have to flip this because it's just the deception of the enemy. It's like, oh, well, that's Legacy Sunday. Pastor, I'll watch you online. As if we pass a bucket or something, you know. But it's almost as if I'm there, God's going to speak to me. Yeah, well, the problem is you're looking through the filter of pain and not the filter of promise. The filter of the promise says, I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to be there. Why? Because if God asked me to give, there is something on the other side of my obedience. And I miss the opportunity to allow the power of God to move in this area. All because I choose my will, not his. Whose will's being done in your family, in your marriage, in your career? No, 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 Pastor, you know, you just, you just don't, you just get out of my job. You know, that's separate. No, no, our whole life belongs to God. He doesn't separate that. Your, your job is your mission field. So if you saw your job as your mission field, I wonder if you'd act the way you do. 
See, they're not people to reach. They've been people to be managed. It's like, I manage this tension. No, no, you go reach. You go reach people. That means you go, listen, when you're on the mission field, you act way different than when you're at your job or where you're at somewhere where it's like, I'm entitled. No, we weren't entitled to anything but hell and death. And here we do, we, or here we are, we have a God in heaven who sent his son to die on a cross so that we might have resurrected life. And here we go. It's all about my will. No, 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 it's not. You want victory in your job? Surrender your job. Victory at your place of employment? Surrender your will there. Yeah, but they don't value me. Well, when is the, the, the fact that they don't value matter as to what God values? God values you. God loves you. And he will promote you even when people don't like you. If you would surrender. Stop trying to please everybody. James 4, 7 I love this passage. I learned it as a teenager. Uh, one of the things I have, all these journals, and one of them is 20-something years old, and my mom would teach us to journal, and I'd go pray. And this is one of the passages that I prayed all the time. And if, if you, you know, take scriptures and memorize, you probably have memorized this one as well. It's submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. That's James 4, 7. Think about we love to resist the devil. Oh, I'm just going to say no. See, I'm going to say no to drugs. I'm going to say no to the party. I'm going to say no to that boy. I'm going to say no to that girl. See, see we want to resist, but it doesn't just say resist. It says submit yourself, therefore, to God. Then when you resist the devil. See, that's when he's got to flee. See, you can resist the devil and him not flee. He ain't afraid of your no. He's afraid of your submission. He's afraid of your surrender because he knows a surrendered life is a powerful life. But if you saying no doesn't give you the power to defeat him in your life. See, when we say no, like resistance, that, that's over. People can see that. I saw you said no to that party. I saw you. But, but submission is covert. It's not open. It's like I could, I could look good to everybody else, but still not be walking in God's power on the inside. Why? Because submission is a heart thing. It's not something I say no to. It's something I say yes to. God, I say yes to your surrender. I say yes to your, your will. I say yes to every area of my life. And then when you say yes, now you walk in power, then the devil will run. Someone's just mad at God. I thought you told him he'd go flee. God said, well, I thought I told you to submit. <laughs> kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. kingdom. Say, settle down, pastor. Settle down, pastor. Don't, don't hurt me too bad. Hey, it ain't just you. I'm telling you. I, I, am, I have never been more convinced that this is the right message for us. Power. 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 And it's not just one or the other. It's both. And order matters. Order matters. God, I submit. And then I resist because then I'm standing on a foundation of power. Foundation of God's presence is strength. So stop just resisting and start submitting. God, I submit to your authority. And I, I, I hear people, I, I, I already hear you. I wrote it in my notes because I could hear you before I preach it. God, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll submit to God, but I ain't submit to people. Lord, 
what did you say? Okay. Can I tell you, God uses people. That's your problem. Because you think it's God and it's the devil talking to you. Well, how do I know? Now, God wouldn't say that. Well, how do you know? Have you been connected? Apparently, you're not connected to the source. So here's what we have to say. Is, well, but but I'm, not, I'm not trusting people. Why? Because I was hurt by people. But I trust God. So spiritual, but you got no victory. Look at what Romans 13.1 says. Everyone. Everybody say everyone. everyone. Say it again. Say everyone. everyone. Do you guys have that passage, Ariana? You don't have it? That's the passage. Well, I'm going to say it. You write this thing down because that way, Romans 13, 1. Everybody write that down. Everyone must submit to the governing authorities for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Here's what's fascinating. You can sit there and say it doesn't make sense. Like I, well, here, here's, here's the thing that I, a pastor, that's only if they're a Christian. Pastor, that's only if it lines up with my spirit. <laughs> How many of you had the wrong spirit in your life that you had to have someone call out? When did we become the litmus test for truth? Like, I don't know about you. That's why I have overseers of this church. That's why I give my staff and our team the numbers to my overseer. Like, hey, if your pastor's going cray-cray, I just want you to know there's a team of people that are connected to the people that oversee my soul. Why? Because I need people to step into my life when I don't see clearly. And I've learned, I guess it's the years of counseling. Yes, your pastor is in counseling. Just because I need a counselor, I'll never forget. And I'm going to be real transparent. Phyllis and I, we went to, we've been going to counseling for years. Come on, so I think everybody needs to go, go to counseling. But we go to counseling. It's so funny. First, he's like, we, I need you to come with me. I'm like, no, you need it. You go. <laughs> Six months, she went. Finally, I'm like, okay, I'll go. God, I go to the counselor. Been there for a while. It was Tim, you guys saw him when we were doing the whole uh, coronavirus. I had him come on and talk about how to remain healthy in your relationships and in your soul and doing a great job over at Houston Center of Christian Counseling and a uh, great job going to his office one day and we're talking and Phyllis and I are sitting down and you know how it is, you know, you, you're talking and you, you, you got a little bit of passion up in there, you know, just a little passion and we're talking and, and, and finally he stopped me and stopped us and I'm like, wait, 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 I'm not done. I got more. <laughs> and he said, just hold up. He said, I, I, he kind of whittled it down. He said, I'm just telling you, Phyllis, da 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 da. He said something to her and he said, Jim. Oh, Jim. He don't call me pastor. I don't need him to call me pastor. I need to call me Jim. Jim, you're prideful. That's what I said. Prideful. Prideful? 
Well, now I'm really mad. Why? Because it's a catch-22. If I say I'm not, well, then that's pride, right? It's like, oh, you just trapped me. Oh, I got, I got, I just walked right out. You, tra- I was so mad. I was so mad when he got, I didn't say goodbye. I just, I just, walk on out. And he said, I'll see you next week. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Go into my office. I write the word pride on my board. I'm like, that's stupid. That's, I ain't prideful. I ain't prideful. Stayed on that board. Pray about it. Pray about it. Pray, no. Stupid. He's an idiot. (laughs) Stayed on my board. Come on, I know y'all don't talk like that, so I'm I'm a... Finally, I got it. I'm prideful. Why? Because pride blinds. You can't even see what's on... That's why you got to have people come around. So when did we become the litmus test of what's actually there and real? And that's why you've got to learn to submit to people and say, look, I choose to get under that authority. You're an employee. You're like, it's hard to submit to someone who's disrespectful to me. Someone that doesn't value me. Look, I'm not, not, are you kidding? Look, the way he favors everybody, she favors it. You think I'm going to submit to them? I'm going to do whatever I please. And that's why you have no power at your job. That's why people that are less qualified than you get promoted around you. Because you've gotten stuck thinking that that authority is something that you can decide or not decide to obey. Submission says, God, you place me in this place of employment. So I choose whether I agree or disagree, whether I like them or not, I choose to submit to their authority in my life. Well, you don't know. They're unethical. Well, then, okay, go get a job. But did God bring you there? Sometimes we use that as a cop-out. Listen, They may be a little unethical, but that's the right person that needs to see a whole lot of Jesus. So I wonder if you would take yourself and submit yourself to an unethical leader, how much of God they would see. They might actually get saved. Now, I'm not trying to do something unethical, but I hear it all the time. We justify going from here to there. And here's the crazy thing. We prayed in 21 days of prayer and fasting. Oh, God. Give me a job, a J-O-B that would help me pay my bills. And he gave it to you. And three months later, you've left. And you're back again. Why? Because you got no power. You don't understand the power of submission. Maybe it's a wife. You're a husband. If you knew my spouse, your wife, and you said, look, I, he, he, he don't know not, He don't even go to church. You mean I'm supposed to listen and submit to his authority? It's the way God established it. You don't like it? Pray for him. Why don't you come around and just say, I'm going to pray for you? I've had so many times where people are like, I'm never going to do that. Well, guess what? They never get power of God in their marriage. But I've had people that said, I don't necessarily like it, but I'm going to be Jesus. I'm going to submit. I'm going to stay under. And then what happens? The husband begins to see a response that looks like heaven, that feels like heaven, that smells like heaven. And they're like, man, I need some of that heaven in my life. And then they both end up coming to church and he gets saved. It's all about submission. God, I must submit. I must submit. Teenager, I know you're here. You're watching. You don't know how stupid my parents are. How many know teenagers, when they teenagers, they're the smartest thing in the world. They ain't done nothing, ain't finished nothing, and yet they, they got all the answers. They know it all. Listen, 
You're going to get smart one day, and you're going to realize how smart your parents were. But I know this, that if you want to walk in the power of God in your life, in your home, you're going to have to submit. I, I don't understand why they didn't let me go to my friend's house. I didn't understand why they wouldn't let me go to the beach with friends or do this or do that. I don't understand why they make me go to city group. They make you go because they know at city group you'll build relationships. You'll get to know God. You'll find freedom. You'll discover purpose. And ultimately, your life will be connected to the source of power but you got to submit you got to say okay God I'm all in I'm all in I'm all in got to stop controlling see control says I'll do it if surrender says I'll do it regardless I'll do it regardless right that's the mandate the mandate God gave us was never hey if you agree if you if you think it's right no no it's God I I, I surrender everything I give it to you Got to give up control. And that's really hard because without control, you're extremely vulnerable. Right? It's like, well, what if God does it? Well, what if he does? Look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is one of my life verse. Trust. Everybody, everybody say trust. Say it again. Say trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will. I say, seek. Seek what? His will. Remember? Not your will. Not the enemy's will. God's will. In all that you do, that means every area. I'm not going to divide my life and say, you can have this, but not that. It's God, I'm going to give you every area. And it says, he'll show you which path to take. I was thinking about someone here. And I'm, I'm going to tell the story because I think it's, it's pretty powerful. No, I'm not. I don't have the time. Come on, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to blaze. Let's go to the second point. You got it. Y'all want me to tell the story? So I was thinking about Vanessa. How many love Vanessa? Vanessa does a great job. <laughs> Vanessa does an amazing job here. She came to this church in 2017, and she actually kind of got bamboozled here. Uh, <laughs> I hear you, Peanut Gallery. So it's funny. They... Our worship leader transitioned out. Phyllis saw Vanessa on Instagram. She was living in Atlanta, and she had done this cool little Instagram deal with all these different shots of her singing. And it was amazing. And Phyllis said, I think Vanessa, we, we found Vanessa through a group called Soul Fruit. They did our anniversary celebration just the year before, a couple years before. She said, I think Vanessa's supposed to be here. She said, why don't we reach out to Vanessa, who's living in Atlanta, and see if she'd like to come and help us lead worship. So long story short, Phyllis reaches out. Vanessa's like, I've never led worship. She's in Atlanta pursuing her artistry as a solo artist. And uh, we said, well, look, if we fly you here, would you be willing to lead? She said, yeah. Well, Pastor Steve was uh, leading worship back then. He brings her in. And so it's great that she does it the first week. And we're like, man, you're supposed to keep doing this. Would you do it? Would you come back? We flew her back for about three months. Every Friday or Saturday, she'd fly here. And then she'd fly back home on a red eye or early morning on Monday. And uh, it was great. Finally, she said, I believe I'm supposed to be here at this church. This is my church. You're my pastor. And, and so I said, well, why don't we flip it? Why don't you live back here in Houston and fly out to Atlanta? She said, deal, done. Let's do it. We hired her. She came on full time and God began to move in her life when about a year and a half ago, uh, it was very interesting. She was continued to do her artistry and worship. And I felt the Lord really speak to me. And I told her, I said, Vanessa, 
You're, you're, you're pursuing something out there, but God's got something greater for you right here. And so you're going to have to get rooted and established and planted in this house. And part of that, Vanessa, is you're going to have to consider letting go of your artistry and that artist's career right now. And, you know, Vanessa, she kind of got all mm on me and just, I don't think so. And I'm not sure. And I, I said, okay, well, tell me about that. She said, well, you know, I, I just never really trust pastors and I've been hurt in the past and I've seen a lot of abuse and things where they try to stifle artists. And she said, there's something great on the inside of me. And we just, I said, I totally get it. But Vanessa, let me tell you this. I'm not trying to control you. I'm trying to pastor you. And I have to tell you what I feel like the Lord said, that when you submit, when you dig some roots and you plant your life in this house, God will open up a door supernaturally that you could have never opened up out there pursuing it out on your own. She said, well, that, that, that sounds good. I'm still not sure. I said, it's okay. I said, you got 30 days. And if you say no, that's fine, but we're going to make a shift. I said, because I can't allow you to stay here when I felt like that was God's word for your life. And so she said, okay, pray about it. Hey, 15 days later, how you doing? Yeah, no, still the same. <laughs> 17 days later, 20 days, 30. We're right at 30, like 29 and a half. Hey, how you doing? She said, you know what? I don't like it. Not sure I fully agree with it, but she said, I'm going to do it. And she let go of her artistry. And she said, I'm going to go all in here at this church. And she began, and it hadn't been easy. Listen, when you're as talented as a Vanessa, there are a lot of people pulling on you. Oh, you, you ain't got to listen to them. You go do your own thing, little chicken wing. Yeah, everybody wants you to go out and fly, but you end up just stifled. You can fly like a chicken. You got to soar like an eagle. The only way you do that is planted and submitted into the house of God. And so here she says, okay, I'm, I'm staying planted. We've had some tough conversations, hard conversations. She stays planted, stays planted. And just this last year, I'll never forget when she sent me a text. And it was a song where her and Leland were singing a duet called Rise Up, that in the middle of racism, God would use Vanessa to be a voice to bring peace, to bring hope, to bring love, to bring restoration. And that one song, just one, this, this not to mention her relationships with other artists like Kieran and people that have now had, oh my God, hey, they're seeing it. And she's getting all these offers and opportunities. Just one song because she was submitted through the house and the opening of a relationship through this house has had more impact than if she would have spent years chasing her own artistry. Why, that's what submission does. It's the power of surrender and giving up control. And look, if you want to experience God's power, you're going to have to do the same. Second thing, and I'm going to have to go quickly, is you've got to obey God's word completely. Obey God's word completely. You can't just think about it. It can't just be an afterthought like maybe. No, no, you got to, if, if you want to experience the power, you've got to surrender and you've got to obey. So God has laws in his kingdom. Remember the government of God. So there's like the law of sowing and reaping, which means whatever I sow, that's what I reap. So if I sow forgiveness, I reap forgiveness. If I sow uh, love, I reap love. If I sow uh, finances, I reap finances. It's called the law of reciprocity. That's a law. So you have to say, okay, God, I'm going to learn your law, and then I'm going to obey your law. There's the law of faith. 
That means, God, I believe, I choose to believe that, God, whatever I'm walking through, I believe that you can heal me and will heal me. God, I believe that you can give me grace and will give me grace. God, I believe that you can give me hope and give me hope. And so there's this belief that happens. It's the law of faith. Did you know that you can attract the enemy's kingdom through the same principle when you don't have faith and believe but you operate in worry and you doubt. It's like, I just, I don't believe, I doubt. I'm, it's the same thing. You're attracting not God's kingdom, but the enemy's kingdom. It's the law of faith. And look, Bible illiteracy is not a cop-out. You can't just say, oh, well, I don't know. I didn't know, pastor. I didn't know that's what God's word said. That just doesn't work. It's not okay. You can't just say, I didn't know God's law. It'd be like you driving your nice little car out on the road one sunny day and you are jamming. You know that song that you love, that jam? You just got it cranked up. Woo! You're just rolling. Just, mmm. I don't know what your jam is, but I'm sure it's good. You just, mmm. And you're out there and all of a sudden you see the lights in the rear view. Come on, somebody. You're like, oh, Lord, Jesus. So you go ahead and you pull on over. And you sit there, and, and, that, and that officer gets out of his car, and he says, well, sir, know why I'm pulling you over? Well, no, sir, I don't. No, sir, what did I do? Well, sir, you were going 49. And you think, that's only four miles over the speed limit. He said, in a 30. Mm, You're like, good Lord. But that's not all, sir. What do you, what do you mean, that's, that's not all? No, sir. Well, what else? You see that tent right there? You know that tent that covers your windows? You, you see that? It's too dark. It's too dark. It's too dark. That's another ticket. What? Oh, and it gets better, sir. I need you to know back there, you know back yonder over there? You, you didn't signal at the intersection, sir. That is another moving violation that I'm going to have to write you up for, sir. You mean I have to signal at an intersection? I didn't know. Oh, but it gets better, sir. There's one more. There's one more? Sir, your music was just a little bit too loud. There is a noise ordinance right over here up in Bridalwood. It's just, you can't have it that loud. You can't have it that loud. So I'm going to have to write you up another ticket, sir. And you say, but please, hey, sir, officer, I didn't know about any of those laws. I didn't know I was doing anything wrong. Well, sir, if you're going to drive that vehicle, you need to know the law. Come on, somebody. How, how many know he ain't going to let you go? He's going to write you every one of the tickets. Look, how many Christians are driving their lives without knowing the laws of God? And they violate God's kingdom this way and that way. And then you wonder why nothing's working. Like the enemy just keeps robbing and stealing. It's because you're violating the laws of heaven. And ignorance is not okay. It's not an excuse. You can't say, well, I didn't know that you couldn't have sex with your girlfriend before you get married. God, I've been praying. Would you just bless this relationship? No. Why? Because you're violating the law of purity. I, I see it all the time. Hey, I mean, I'm so proud of those that have come to the church and you hear the word of God. You come in a relationship series and you realize that marriage is between a man and a woman and that you can't test drive intimacy. 
You don't get that right. That's not, that's the world's laws. That's the world's way. God's law says you stay pure. You say, I know we're going to hold ourselves until we get married. And then when we get married, come on, babe, you test drive all day long in the blessing of God, right? But we can't violate God's law and wonder why we're getting tickets. So you got to say, okay, God, I've got to learn your law. I've got to understand your law. I've got to, I've got to dive in. That means you're actually going to have to read the Bible. That's what I love about the one-year Bible. One-year Bible, we get a little bit of the Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs, and we just say, God, every day I'm going to learn. Every day I'm going to allow this to get inside of me. I'm going to learn your law. I'm not going to remain ignorant. When you're ignorant, you end up losing and forfeiting the power that God has for your life. And I know somebody out there is like, but that sounds like legalism. Don't we have grace? Like, i got to follow all these rules. i got to follow all those laws. Well, here's the reality. Those laws are not because God's trying to steal your fun, steal your joy. God's trying to protect you. God's trying to keep you. God's trying to help you operate in a different system so that as you live in this earth, you won't look like the world. You won't smell like the world. You won't act like the world. You will be from another kingdom. Legalism is out of fear. What we operate out of is love. Look at John 14, 15. I'm getting ready to close. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You'll obey me. It's out of love. God, I love you, so I'm going to obey your law. God, I love you, so I'm going to do what you say. And here's the amazing thing, that then God blesses your life. God gives you more than, and he, he always gives us an abundance of love and joy and hope and peace and all the things that we're searching for. Why? Because we are obeying what he spoke to us. Transformation can only happen when we know and apply God's word to our life. Ignorance can no longer be an excuse. God, I didn't know. No, no, I need to know. And here's where I would start. I would start wherever you're struggling. Whatever area is the biggest pain point in your life, if it's your kids, if it's your, your job, if it's your finances, if it's your marriage, if it's, maybe it's just self-discipline. Whatever your biggest pain point is, you got to go and study the scripture. God, what do you say about self-discipline? What do you say about uh, children and raising kids? And then you begin to study his word, his law, his way of functioning, his way of doing. And then not only study it, now I got to go actually do it. James tells us, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Here's what he says. Here's his charge. Do what it says. I'm concerned that we can come in here and we can hear it and feel really good and walk out there and never do it. And then we're frustrated. We're mad. We're upset. We're like, God, why? The pastor keeps talking about living this new life, but I ain't got no power. You get angry. You get bitter. You fall away. I want you to know that if you'll surrender and if you'll obey, you will experience the fullness of God's power in every area of your life. And it's not easy. If it was, everybody would live this way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving you an easy way out. I'm, I'm telling you the right way out. It means you got to 
say no to the things. You, your will is the hardest thing to crucify. Isn't it interesting? <laughs> what, Jesus had the worst sales pitch of any person I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I've studied a lot of self-help. Steve and I have been entrepreneurs since we were young. 17, had a t-shirt business. 18, gold-plating business. By the time we are 20, we're buying and selling real estate on the restaurant. He's still in mortgages and finance. And so, so I know sales pitches. I launched a church. I could give you a sales pitch. But the one thing I've tried to never do is say, oh, it's this. It's so easy. Jesus' sales pitch was, hey, take up your cross daily and come and follow me. Think about take up my cross. Where's my crown? Where's my throne? I, I want to place a position. No, no, he said, babe, just come and die. Come and die. Why? Because he knew you'd have to fight your will. Well, what do you mean, pastor? I go up on a cross. No, you don't go on a cross, but your will does. I crucify that will that wants to be right. I crucify that will that says I'm justified in the way I respond to my spouse or my boss. And I'm not telling you it's easy. I, I fail all the time, but I'm not done. I choose to get up. And as long as I keep getting up and say, God, I might've failed in this situation, but I'm going to keep moving forward. I might've failed in that situation, but I'm going to get back up. And every time I get back in that situation, I'm going to say no to my will and yes to yours. The power of God is available for every area of your life but it's only activated through surrender and obedience. Yeah.